the free for all roundtable round two on round two, Robert Benzi is here, Queen's Park Bureau Chief for the Toronto Star. Richard Krause is the host of the podcast, Last Call with Richard Krause, making her debut today, a media and crisis communications leader, Anne-Marie Aikens. Nice to have you. And um, you are formerly, as all the listeners will know, of Metrolinx. How are you enjoying your time away? Oh, I've really enjoyed it and been doing some vacationing, sleeping in, you know, those kinds of things, walking around the city. Yeah, and not having to sit bolt upright in bed every time there's a train accident. So um, it's nice to have you and nice to have you on things more than just transportation and that stuff. Let's actually start. And Robert Benzi, I'll go to you because it seems all but confirmed that they're going to be building a new science center on the waterfront. And uh, I, I don't know how anything went from a germ of an idea launched by a mayoral candidate 10 days ago to the announcement at 1 p.m. this afternoon. Well, in fairness, uh, John, I'm going to tout uh, the Toronto Star's Martin Redcon because he wrote a column, several columns about this in 2019, saying that this was a good idea, moving the Science Centre to Ontario Place. And so that's four years ago. The government claims it's been working on it for a long time. I'm not sure that's necessarily true. Uh, certainly, uh, mayoral candidate Anna Bylaw got out ahead of, uh, of the pack by talking about this uh, a few weeks ago. And it's and an Ontario Place is, is emerging as a key issue in this June 26th mayoral by-election. So I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the Premier and King Asurma, the Minister of Infrastructure, and Neil Lumsden, the Tourism Minister, announced this afternoon at 1 o'clock. But I think that uh, it, it will be a factor in the mayoral contest. And, and I think how each of those candidates react to uh, to what the premier has to say will be interesting. OK, I'll turn to Anne-Marie Aikens then. Um, I appreciate Ontario Place isn't exactly downtown, but it does seem that we're concentrating all the attractions within a very small geographical area. Well, it, well, it does. And, you know, I am a little surprised that this is uh, emerging as an, uh, an election issue. I, frankly, I think it uh, resonates with a smaller crowd, the whole Ontario Place Science Centre. I think people just want to know where it, where it is. And so because that's where the school trips go and that's where the, uh, uh, you know, I have raised boys and they really did love the Science Centre. So I think people just want to know where it is that they can get there easily and that uh, or that there's some place to park. And and so the Ontario line, of course, does give you an option in the future for that. So but I am surprised it's it's resonating so high high in the, uh, uh, you know, with the election. Yeah, well, Richard Krause, I can't imagine them being able to pull this off for less than a half a billion dollars. And I don't know where the money's coming from. And it's going to take forever as well. But, you know, I'm pleased to see at least there's some movement uh, at Ontario Place. When I first moved to Toronto, I had no money. And Ontario Place was like this little gem of a place you could go for uh, not very much money. You could get in. It was like a couple of dollars, maybe three or four dollars to get in. There was a free concert. There was stuff to do. It was a way to spend an evening and not spend a huge amount of money. And now it's been frittered away. We're not using it. So move the sign 
Science Center there. I, I mean, I, I want to know where the money is going to come from, of course, and I want all that sort of thing. Uh, but, you know, move the Science Center there. And I think the reason that this has become a key issue in the upcoming election uh, isn't so much about the uh, uh, the Ontario Science Center as it is about just the revitalization of Ontario Place. It's been sitting there, uh, talked about for years. Nothing's happening with it. Now it looks like maybe there is some solid action into really getting something done down there. And I think that's what people are responding to. Speaking of things that always seem to be uh, planned but never executed, uh, people are talking about, they're doing it as a study right now, but uh, water taxis, water buses. We've got a hovercraft going to St. Catharines from the Toronto waterfront. Uh, Anne-Marie Aikens, I would be very excited to add water taxis to the matrix because I think, for example, if you live in the beaches close to the waterfront, then you could just you know hop on a boat and get to downtown Toronto in in no time at all. Oh, oh I agree. I think people. Um, I think it's a a fantastic idea would be able to be implemented with the the capital dollars in whatever infrastructure you whatever boat whatever hovercraft whatever whatever um uh, that it much more easily without having to rip up streets and so forth i think you would have to do some work on the the dockings and that sort of thing but i think it's a great idea you're gonna have to be innovative to try and figure out the congestion over the next decade or two as we build infrastructure that we should have built years and years ago so i think this is a really really cool way i just hope the studies and the talking about it you know ends better than our hydrogen discussions because that uh you know there was a lot of investment in that that uh, hasn't gone anywhere um at least not yet so um so i really really excited like who wouldn't want to be able to skip right over the congestion of downtown and um uh, to get to wherever you need to go, that would be wonderful. Yeah, I mean, there would be some days where they'd probably have to call it off or everyone would lose their breakfast. But Richard Krauss, you're a well-traveled fellow. I imagine you've been to a few cities that have water transit. Staten Island Ferry. You know, I've taken it many times. Uh, it's uh, not only uh, convenient and useful and cheap, but it's also uh, these great views of the city. Uh, there's a lot of advantages to this. I would love to see this happen. I used to live in the beach years ago and would have done anything to avoid taking that streetcar uh, most mornings as I was trying to fight my way downtown. So, yeah, this sounds like a, a fantastic idea to me. Also, hook me up. Let me get to Niagara-on-the-Lake. Let me get to to all sorts of other uh, places outside of the city uh, on these uh, ferries that could save a lot of time and be kind of an interesting, you know, day out. I, I love it. Yeah, I love the hovercraft, actually, because apparently it will take uh, a half an hour, which means I could hop on after the show with my bike, go biking uh, to Niagara Falls and uh, come back home in time for dinner. But Robert Benzie, your thoughts? And when more importantly, buy fudge in Niagara on the lake. And cameras. <laughs> yes. And cable knit And sweaters. jam. Don't forget. And, and jam. Don't forget the jam. jam. Yeah, I can't walk the streets of Niagara on the lake anymore because I'm always mocking them. Okay. Over to you, Robert. <laughs> Well, you know, John, during the pandemic, we spent a lot of time in Niagara on the Lake because, of course, we were all trapped in Ontario, so we couldn't go anywhere. So we we rented a place in Niagara on the Lake a couple of times during the pandemic, and and it is it is very quaint. But to Richard's point, one one of the places we had was very close to um, uh, the water, and you could see the city of Toronto mm-hmm. in the distance. And I was thinking, wouldn't it be fantastic if you could just get on a ferry and be here in 
you know, 45 minutes rather than, you know, the QEW, which is not exactly the most uh, bucolic drive uh, around. <laughs> it's not very scenic. Um, and, and then and it, it just and it would also change uh, the uh, demographic patterns of uh, or, or the, uh, the the residential patterns of the suburbs. You could live farther out if you could take a ferry from Burlington to to downtown Toronto and it'd be faster than the GO train. I just think I, I think we need to and Ray's right. We need to be more innovative and think outside the box a little bit more because we we have this uh, this opportunity to have people live in different places and still be able to commute to Toronto without being on the roads. A scientist wanted to figure out why girls drop out of sports, and one of the principal drivers is the uniforms or outfits that they are compelled to wear in sports. So, Anne-Marie Aikens, that's a pretty easy change. If you allow girls to come up with their own outfit, then, you know, maybe they'll stay in sports. Oh, absolutely. They, uh, you know, I was uh, I was raised in uh, Catholic schools and wore a uniform my entire life until grade 13. Remember when they had grade 13 and uh, the nuns controlled our uniforms to the inch and <laughs> shamed you if you uh, dared to, uh, uh, you know, turn up your skirt. But the uh, I think I, I think it's wonderful to see how much more aware girls are. They're stating why they're not going into sports, where for years and years and years, they just didn't talk about that. So, yeah, some of the uniforms you think what that I'm not sure what you're thinking other than sexualizing the, the sport itself. And uh, that's really not necessary and just discourages people from from uh, going into sports. So but as most especially girls. So so I think that's it's about time. Okay, and Richard Krause, your thoughts? Well, uh, was it last year or the year before? Um, I think it was the Norway uh, beach handball players were fined because they opted to wear shorts rather than bikini bottoms. And, you know, think about that for a minute and, you know, think of uh, the utility of it. So does it make any difference to the way that that they would play the game? No. Then then why find them? Why not allow uh, a variance of, of uniforms? Uh, uniforms that make the uh, people that are wearing them, the women that are wearing them, feel comfortable, uh, feel included. Uh, you know, it, it seems to me to be kind of an outrage. Well, Robert Benzie, I think that the skimpy outfits were mandated because they were going to drive ratings. And I know I read one study that said when they started wearing tighter pants in football, uh, in American football, um, female viewership went up. So maybe this is much more about uh, pervy eyes than it is about the actual outfit you need. Yeah, I guess I guess it must be. But I, I remember that to Richard's point, that story about the beach volleyball um, team in Norway and being fined. And I just thought that is such a terrible message to send to young women mm-hmm. who want to get into sport. I mean, it should be about the comfort and the performance of the athletes, not how they appear to leering weirdos who are onanistically <laughs> watching beach volleyball. You know, that's the first ever reference to onanism on our show. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, Tucker Carlson wants uh, is making a documentary where he advocates for the Americans to invade Canada and set us see free from the petty dictator Trudeau. Uh, Richard Kraus, I have to say, uh, for entertainment value, it's going to be a lot of fun, but he drives me crazy. I'm not convinced that Tucker Carlson isn't Andy Kaufman, who's come back uh, as a performance <laughs> artist just to, uh, you know, troll us uh, and and create trouble and then just sits back rolling around in his money laughing at all of us. Uh, <laughs> it, it is uh, uh, the, the clips that you've been playing kind of make me want to see this, but they it makes me want to see the movie for 
absolutely all the wrong reasons. It's and for some people, those clips won't be, uh, you know, a, a trailer. It will be more like a warning. You yeah. do not want to watch this if you're not a fan of Tucker Carlson. Robert Benzie, I've had that precise same thought that this is performance art. But at the same time, I think sometimes, not this time, but Tucker Carlson can be very destructive. Yeah, but I also think he's a bit, he may be a bit self-destructive. Uh, the, I'm watching this this case in Delaware, the uh, Dominion Voting Systems uh, lawsuit against Fox, and the, his emails are devastating to Fox because he, he actually shows he's contemptuous of his audience and of Donald Trump. So he's a bit of a, I think he's a bit of a poser. Thank you all. Good to have you. Anne-Marie Aikens debuting today. Very nice to have you along with Richard Krauss and Robert Benzie. Catch the roundtable. Round one at 745. Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.